Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host, Cody. Cody, how are you doing this Monday evening? Oh, James, I'm doing fantastic. Um, I'm Let me clarify. I'm doing all right. I'm confused as to what's happening with our Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, defense <laughs> defense goes off one week and plays super well, and then they let up 37 points. Um Offense goes off and scores 30 points, which was somewhat impressive, but uh, just kind of just kind of waiting to see when we're going to play a full 60 minutes of football. Uh, <laughs> but I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I feel like there's definitely some things uh, that we saw as the evolution of the team, uh, mm-hmm. some positives to build off of, uh, some negatives that happened as well. But I do believe that with... Uh, some personnel changes uh, and uh, some strategy changes that uh, you can really uh, recover from this and uh, and have a much better performance and start stacking some wins after this. Uh, most points they've scored in an entire game all season. So, hey, uh, it's a big step in the right direction. It was right? the first time they put 20 up, too, in the first half, so that was huge. Yeah. We needed that. Yeah, first time to get to 30, and uh, all of it was by the offense. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, the defense helped, but no points on defense, which is huge. Not in yeah, a I not mean, in a necessarily good way, but not in a bad way either. Um, yeah, I, mean, I guess what I meant was that the the previous highest scoring game was twenty three against the Bengals, and seven of that came from Minka. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't all offense on that one, but uh, uh, plenty to talk about in this this week's show, recapping the Steelers Bengals game. Uh, we're going to start with the inactives from uh, Sunday's game. A uh, very, very normal-looking list for what we've been seeing recently uh, with Mason Rudolph, Josh Jackson, Akilo Witherspoon, who's still down with that hamstring, Kendrick Green, and uh, the rookie linebacker Mark Robinson. Uh, so that's our guys that did not dress uh, for Sunday's game. I uh, want to give a little shout-out and thank you to all of those who joined us on the Facebook Live. Uh, a lot of people joined in, commented, shared likes. Uh, all that we really appreciate it. We're going to try to start doing that a little more frequently for you guys and get you a little more content. Yeah. And, and also it gives us an opportunity to directly engage with you guys, which is really fun for us. Um, obviously recording a podcast, we don't exactly get to do that unless you guys comment or, or share your thoughts with us personally or, or, um, privately on, you know, on direct messages or stuff like that. So it's, it's another way for us to get you guys involved and actually, get to talk to you guys a little bit, which is exciting and get your input as well on Steelers and how the season's going and all those things. So we, we will try to do that more moving forward. Uh, with that being said, we're going to recap this game. Nobody wants to talk about this game. Let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> I do, man. I, I, I do. There's a lot of positives. Coming I do. From this it game. just sucks losing to a team that you just feel like we're better than on paper. Um, especially with the injuries they had, we should have, we should have had them by, in my opinion, at least two scores, um, 10 points, 14 points, whatever. I feel like they were, I feel like we were that better than them on paper, but just not performing it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the game, James. Let's talk. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk. Let's start the normal way with the offense, with Kenny Pickett, uh, and with Kenny getting some touchdown passes and starting to put some yards up. Um, that's been one of the biggest criticisms early on in his career so far was the interceptions uh, and not enough touchdowns. Well, uh, last week against the Saints, he had zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. This week, one touchdown, zero interceptions. 
Uh, so we're seeing it going in the right direction. Uh, and happens. honestly, the deep ball a lot better this week than it has been in previous weeks, too. Uh, minus a, number of minus times. a few. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to knock him for, for George Pickens dropping one. That's fair. I'm also not going to knock him for George Pickens flipping his hips and going the wrong direction on one that was well within catching radius. Uh, and so there's a few opportunities there where they could have easily scored a couple times uh, more than they did. And then you're talking about Kenny having two or three touchdown passes instead of just the one. Uh, so he definitely missed a few passes in this game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but that, that one with less than two minutes left, George Pickens drops a, an easy walk-in touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and the one over the middle, he had his guys absolutely beat. And, <laughs> and he's running this way and flips his hips and goes all the way around like 360 style instead of just switching his shoulders and head to over the other shoulder. He's I agree a way, little bit from someone just go this way. I know from someone <laughs> who played wide receiver in high school, it's sometimes you worry about losing the ball more than you worry about losing your footing. So I understand why he did that. I still don't necessarily agree that he did the right thing. Um, you know, going from this to this might've worked better, but Again, it, it there was even a play earlier that he missed a deep ball that happened really early on, and I don't remember who he threw it to, but it wasn't any of the ones you talked about. It wasn't it wasn't a bad miss, but it was a miss enough. It might have been Deontay in the end zone. I don't I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, Kenny Pickett played better than last week, which is all we're gonna ask. Just play better than the week before. You yep. know, if you keep doing that, yeah. And honestly, his first half was incredible. Uh, he had an excellent first half in this game. Uh, really helped move him down the field. 20 points in the first half, two touchdowns. Uh, again, that one touchdown pass to George Pickens was an excellent throw. Yep. Uh, so we really did see some strides. Just in the second half, it struggled, but I feel like a decent amount of that, too, was some poor play calling uh, where he had no choice but to throw it away a few times. Yeah. Uh, and then that starts miss. It starts skewing the numbers in a in a bad direction because he's making a good decision and throwing a ball away, uh, but it goes down as an incomplete pass and makes it look like he's less accurate than he was throughout the course of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we one really good half of football, which he hasn't had a lot of that thus far. So uh, we're going to say this is a step in the right direction, uh, and with a little bit more consistent play, maybe out of the wide receiver room. Uh, then we would probably have uh, even more uh, as far as yardage and touchdowns and all that uh, going on in this game. So um, I'm I'm encouraged by what I saw out of Kenny. Uh, and I felt like one of the things that we talked about last week, we wanted to see the development in Kenny as far as sensing the pressure and moving without accidentally putting himself in harm's way and yep. like avoiding one guy but going directly into it guy and i thought he did a tremendous job in that this week uh really improved his his ability to move within the pocket and extend plays even that early play that he, he dumped it off to jalen warren he got the first down and, and injured his hamstring on the play yep. uh, but it was a simple thing of him sensing the pressure coming from his left uh rolling to his right extending the play making the throw right on time giving the receiver the ability to run after the catch by throwing an accurate ball and achieving the first down. And it all started with him sensing the pressure and moving to the right place. Yep. Yeah. I agree with you. 110% um, was proud to see him develop in that way and develop. And he did a very good job multiple times 
uh, pulling off the old Ben Roethlisberger, extending the play and keeping his eyes downfield. And even the commentators in the game shockingly noticed that as well. Sometimes they miss those things. And today, you know, they didn't yesterday. So that's a plus. Um, but talk <laughs> about someone else that I, I feel that we've been seeing improvement on. Najee Harris, looking at the running game real quick. Uh, Najee put up 99 yards last week, almost hit 190 this week. And with a 4.5 average, that is fantastic. That's where we want him to be. That's where you want all your starting star running backs to be. Um, and, he, and he had two rushing touchdowns this game. That's huge. That's huge for him. I don't think he's had two rushing touchdowns in his entire career so far. Uh, in a game, to clarify. <laughs> in a game. In maybe, a game. Yeah, maybe not in a game yet. Maybe um, not. So that's that's huge for Najee. That's huge for his growth. And the the offensive line was blocking much, much better for him. We'll get to that in a little bit. I don't want to skip over the other rushing stats. Kenny Pickett was only two for 14. Uh, Deontay Johnson had one. Steven Sims technically had one for negative three. Um, but Najee took the load this game because Jalen Warren was out. And it happened with, what, six minutes left in the first? So it wasn't like... Correct. Yeah, Jalen Warren yeah. had a lot of time in the game. Very, very early in the game, he was done for the game. Yeah. His... Uh, and I want to mention, too, here with Najee's ground performance here, uh, that, man, he was airborne in this ground performance. Now let's talk about how he is one-on-one -on -one with that defender going into the corner of the end zone. He knows the guy's going to try and hit him low, so he jumps over top of him, and he didn't even touch him. Incredible the air that Najee gets in the first touchdown and only to outdo it with his second touchdown by jumping over the entire pile. And this is not where like everybody submerged and went low. Everybody was standing straight up and he went over top of all these six foot five, six foot six uh, offensive linemen yes, he uh, did. to get that second touchdown. So incredible air time from Najee Harris really showing his athleticism and showing a little bit more every week. He's starting to look like that explosiveness is coming back. Uh, I think some of the haters are going to start to, to have no choice, but to shut their mouths because Najee's starting to show them, Hey man, uh, I just wasn't healthy. That's all it was. He wasn't healthy. Wasn't and healthy. the offensive line wasn't making holes like they have been. He's been having no. multiple holes that he can fit through that he can burst through uh, and it's not like he's fighting arm tackles on the way through normally. Don't get me wrong. A, a guy like him should be able to break arm tackles. But when you have guys right and left, both hitting you on, like getting your arms on you, there's nowhere for you to go. Um, and, and the offensive line has been doing a much better job. I don't know if that's the offensive line playing better. I don't know if that's better scheming. I don't know what they did in the, in the bye week, but these last two weeks have been drastically, drastically better. Um, so I'm enjoying the fact that the offensive line is making holes for Najee Harris. I don't care what, what, how they did it. I just keep doing it. Uh, is what I'm going to stick. Yeah, with. and I like your your point on that with how the beginning of the year was going because we saw Najee with some games where he had like 40 yards rushing, uh, but like 50 to 55 after contact, which yep. means he was consistently getting hit behind the line of scrimmage and still making that much positive yardage out of it. Yeah. Uh, so a much better job by the offensive line and their run blocking uh, in the last couple of weeks here. And let's hope they can continue this because uh, that's only going to bode well for the offense and also for Kenny too, because it takes some pressure off of Kenny, uh, allows him to hit a little bit more of the uh, medium to deeper passes. Yeah, uh, so. and and let's let's not let's not skip. But while we're on the offensive line, let's just go there. We'll come back to the receivers and tight ends. Um, yeah, yeah. Because man. we've already talked about it. You know, the offensive line has drastically improved their their run blocking, the passing blocking that we discussed before the game. You still think that the passing needs to pass blocking needs to be better, and I agree. But the benefit there is that we've seen that growth in Kenny Pickett to be able to 
feel the pressure, understand where it's coming from and get away for the most part. The only time that I was really upset and it wasn't even his fault, it, let me clarify, it kind of was his fault. We talked about that and you pointed out something that happened before the play that I didn't see, uh, was the one sack where uh, Hubbard came through untouched. But again, like you said before, go ahead. Yeah, so you could hear him pre-snap yell out, Louie, Louie. Uh, which is going to be an audible of him telling the offensive line uh, to slide left in their protection. Uh, they did so, uh, and in this play, Cincinnati had about seven or eight guys up on the, the offensive line, and it was just the five offensive linemen. There was no tight end helping. There was no running back helping. He had already been sent out in motion, and they didn't bring him back, which they probably should have done. Uh, had they had that sidecar, then that would have taken care of the incident right there. Uh, but everybody went ahead and slid left at the snap, uh, and that left somebody to the far right completely untouched. Uh, so that was an audible on a uh, a blocking <laughs> scheme that uh, did not go as well as hoped. Yeah, so again, the offensive line playing much better. Um, the one-hold call, call on Dan Moore brought back a, a decent play, I think, or maybe it was a hold... There was a whole play on a play that I think we missed. It might have been that deep one to yeah yeah. So yeah, it, it, was it the wouldn't deep have mattered. Over the middle that, yeah, the deep one over the middle that George you know, basically tripped himself in trying to uh, adjust to the ball. Uh, that was where Dan Moore got hit for the holding penalty. So it ended up not mattering. Had he caught the ball, it would have been called back anyway. Yeah. So um, speaking of George Pickens, uh, it's targeted six times in this game, caught four of them for eighty-three yards, a twenty-point-eight average, which is fantastic. And obviously the one yeah, touchdown on the on the corner route. Um, great play out of George Pickens. George Pickens is showing us again and again. He's a freak. The one play, just I, I, obviously he missed the the one touchdown as well. But the one play, the ball was thrown so perfectly out in front of him that the defender had no chance, and he just made a great play. Got both of his arms smacked down on as well in that play, and managed to hang yeah. on to the ball. Great strength from uh, from George Pickens, reminding me a lot of what we saw from. James Washington back in the early days of his career in Pittsburgh, uh, a, a lot yeah. of ability to hang on to a ball in contact and stuff like that. Even the first play George Pickens caught, he got lit up afterwards. Uh, but it was a great play of, of again, Kenny Pickett extending the play and hit him right on a dime. And he got hit immediately in the back after he caught it and still managed to hang on. So I'm loving what we're seeing from George Pickens and hope we can get him involved more. Yep, and uh, I like that they're using them not just on uh, deep balls, comebacks, and outs. Uh, now some over-the-middle stuff is happening too, uh, and being quite successful as well. Uh, so I think the more that we see uh, George and Kenny play together, their chemistry gets a little better every week, uh, and you're going to start seeing some 100-yard catch games out of George, I think, on a regular basis. And uh, don't be surprised if that touchdown catch – it starts to become a regular thing as well. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a, a picket to Pickens connection that's really going to light some people up. But let's not downplay the picket to Pat connection that's going on here, man. Eight catches for 79 yards. Uh, Pat was everywhere. He was constantly moving the chains. Uh, only had one dropped uh, catch in this entire game and on 12 targets to catch eight of them and basically get a first down on every single one of those yep. uh pretty impressive and extremely important in in keeping those drives going yeah uh, and moving the chains on third down yeah let's talk about the big one too the the drive to end the first half uh you know mm -hmm. uh pat was hit twice on that drive and once was able to get out of bounds to save a timeout the second time 
was the last completion before kicking a field goal and taking it from it where it would have been a 45 plus yard field goal, making it almost like a 20 or 30 yard field goal. It probably would have been 50 plus, honestly. Um, yeah. But managed to break away from a tackle, spin away from another guy and push forward. He I, on that play alone, I think he got like 10 yards after catch minimum uh, and was just able to manhandle some guys. And again, knowing the situation, knowing, hey, I got to get down as close as I can. I already got out of bounds once. We have the extra timeout, and and making a play there was huge and uh, really set us up for a chance to do something good in the second half. It just didn't happen the way we wanted it to in the second half. Yeah. Um, so Pat is yeah. Pat's just proving he's a beast over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And he's so strong in his lower body, man. That's that's the thing that I'd come away impressed with with uh, with Pat. Uh, I think he still needs a little more development in his upper body strength, uh, but his lower body, man, w- the way he just drives through people when he catches balls, uh, very impressive. Uh, so he's put the work in in the weight room uh, on those legs, and you can really tell, man, I can't wait until he gets a couple more years in the weight room and his upper body strength matches his lower body strength because he's just going to be beasting through people. They're going to be so bouncing you're, off of You're him. telling me we should make a shirt that says, Muth doesn't skip leg day. Got it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, that would be a top seller. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, two catches for 39 yards. 19.5 average, though, on those two catches. And one of those was a freak catch, uh, very similar to Julian Edelman's catch in the Super Bowl comeback against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, ball was tipped up by the middle linebacker. I don't remember his name. Uh, I don't recall. But tipped up, and he was made a great Logan Wilson? Yes, Logan Wilson tipped the ball up at the goal line, and uh, Gunnar Olszewski made a great play on the ball, and that was that led to one of Najee Harris's airborne touchdowns. Uh, so that's fantastic. Najee Harris, four catches out of the backfield for 26 yards. Um, 12 was his long. Deontay Johnson, four receptions for 21 yards. You'd like to see more out of Deontay, but he wasn't targeted that much. And I think that goes to, I know, you're putting the thumbs down, James. Um, <laughs> I think that's a testament to to where the trust is in the offense and to where the play calling has been going. I don't think Deontay's been as big of a... Uh, target because of his consistent issues on dropping his consistent issues on not running the wrong dang way when he catches the ball that as well a couple things you know even (laughs) even his lack of effort on overthrown balls or underthrown balls or plays that he felt like he got pass interfered on like you can't you can't stop playing on those plays you have to play through the whistle Mm -hmm. um and then obviously Jalen Warren the one catch for nine yards that he got hurt on and Zach Gentry also got involved with two receptions for eight yards nothing too crazy there uh, but a good showing from the wide receiver crew in the top three guys, top four guys, if you include Najee, um, nowhere near as, as profound as what the Bengals had. We're not going to talk about them, though. Uh, but with what we had, that was, you know, the, the guys came to play. We didn't see a lot of drop balls. We didn't see a lot of plays where we felt that guys weren't play, like lacking effort, which is exciting for me to see. Um, so I don't know. George Pickens, Pat Frymuth, Najee Harris, even at the backfield, Jalen Warren at the backfield when he's healthy, are really making me excited for things moving forward. Yeah, uh, and I don't blame Kenny one bit uh, for going more to Pat and George uh, than he is to Deontay. Because, I mean, one of those four catches, uh, Deontay easily has a first down. Decides he's going to try to stop and go backwards to try to juke people up instead of just going forwards. He would have, if he didn't get the first down, he would have been no more than one yard short of it. Instead, he puts the brakes on, tries to go 
backwards like backpedaling loses his footing and ends up four yards short of the first down and now we've got a third and four where it should be no worse than third and one but quite likely a first down uh, and it's a, it's an issue every single week. We have at least one play where we can talk about Deontay was past the sticks and went backwards and lost a first down, or could have easily had it but just didn't go. Uh, or, or you know, in this game, he got a screen, he caught a screen pass, yep. uh, and had great blocking and runs right into the back of of Pat Fryermuth. Like, come on, man, you can't even read a block. Like. It's it's very frustrating watching Deontay Johnson play right now because if we were getting even last year Deontay Johnson, uh, we would have won two or three more games than we have right now. Yeah. Yeah, switching sides over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, defensive line played very well. James, in the pregame show, not, not that was recorded because of technical issues, but in the pregame show where you were on Facebook Live, you talked about getting hands up. And holy cow, did they get hands up. Uh, I, this I think, is the book on George on Joe Burrow, man. Lots of quick passes, lots of short stuff, lots of running backs and tight ends, uh, and they did it. And because of it, got a couple interceptions. Yeah, eight pass breakups, and I believe four of those came on the defensive front. Um, and I don't even think they gave Cam Hayward one because he had one too. Um, but it was phenomenal and. Tyson Alualu, I felt, played fairly well for coming in and playing a limited role. He he read the first touchdown to uh, Pirine, but wasn't able to get out there in time to catch up to him or anything like that. So I, I appreciated how quickly he read the play. Unfortunately, just couldn't do anything about it. Cam Hayward came in, had a sack, played dominant per usual. Um, Chris Wormley had a really big hit at one point. I was surprised they didn't flag him for it. Honestly, <laughs> I was surprised too. <laughs> his face afterwards, I was like, he was expecting a flag, <laughs> but yeah. he was just, I think he was just playing mad, which was fun to see. I want to talk about someone specifically, and I'm sure you will too, because of one play. Montravius Adams <laughs> completely blew up the center on one play and was able to stop um, Joe Mixon, I believe it was, in the backfield on, on the one run play. Phenomenal play from Montravius Adams. And exactly what we need to see out of somebody who has a chance of being a big time name moving forward in the off or in the defensive line with not knowing what's going to happen with some of these guys. Montrevious Adams yeah. has a chance to step up. Yeah, and he's on a two year deal, so he could easily be the starting nose tackle next year. Uh, we saw some life out of him this week. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we definitely saw some penetration a few times. Uh, he was getting involved in pursuit and getting helping get the carrier to the ground, man. Uh, so I liked what I saw out of him as well. Uh, and you're absolutely right. At least twice, I would say he got some serious penetration and blew up a play in the backfield. Uh, got to see that against the run. The Bengals have a very good rushing attack. Uh, and it's a big difference from what we saw this year versus what uh, Pittsburgh did against them last year. Uh, drastically better against the run this year in both games. Uh, so you like to at least see that progress now we got to do a little bit better job of covering running backs out of the backfield because they just murdered us in that category man yeah they absolutely did um <clears throat> linebacker crew middle linebacker was a weakness this week um mm -hmm. to say the least um I, Best I don't play know out all of them probably the spillane tipped pass which led to the levi wallace interception uh, interception uh, and there were some good plays against the run, but against the pass, these guys, all three of them were a liability this week. Uh, and that's 
I, I don't know how much it's going to change. I know in some games, Miles Jack looks good in that category. Uh, Devin Bush has made some plays here and there. Uh, and Splane gets his hands on the ball every every now and again. Uh, we've I think he's got four pass deflections on the year now, so he's doing a good job on that. Uh, but for every one time that he gets a pass deflection, it seems like he's getting torched two or three other times. Or missing uh, tackles so. on plays that wind up ending up in touchdowns that we saw this game. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a real issue. When you you're the only one that can get a guy to the ground, uh, you've got to do it, man. Uh, so yeah, frustrating play from the middle linebackers this week. Uh, but as frustrating as it was in a negative for the middle linebackers, I think a lot of positive from our outside linebackers, right? Oh, absolutely. You had uh, T.J. Watt with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith actually both had a half sack on the same play. Um, I think it was definitely mostly Alex Highsmith, but that's okay. Um, I think they don't mind sharing that sack for sure. Unfortunately, that kind of keeps Alex from catching up to the the league high right now because he was tied for fourth last I knew. I'm not sure where he's at right now. But TJ Watt came in and uh, his second week back and had a phenomenal interception. Uh, Freak athlete kind of play. Jumped up to try and bat a ball down and just happened to swing it and uh, pull it in. Great play on his part was exciting to see him get involved again. And this was the second time he did this almost the identical thing to Joe Burrow this year. They did it uh, early in the year as well. TJ Watt had a kind of up in the air pick against Joe Burrow. So love to see that. And then you got had guys like Malik Reed come off the bench who didn't play horrible. Uh, Jameer Jones didn't record a stat line, but still came in and di- I didn't see him getting torched or causing anything bad to happen on specific plays that he was in. Um, I think the biggest thing you'll notice on plays when those guys are in is you don't have as much pressure to the quarterback. That's a big deal, obviously, but at least they're not getting beat to the outside on run plays or um, anything like that. Again, that pressure is the biggest thing we're missing whenever those guys are out. Uh, Got an update for you on the sack total for the NFL. What do we got? Uh, Matthew Judon still sitting at number one. Micah Parsons number two with 10. Uh, Nick Bosa and Zadarius Smith both have nine and a half. And then we've got a four-way tie at the next spot with Alex Highsmith, Max Crosby, Justin Houston, Chris Jones, all having nine. Yeah. Uh, So he's tied at that number five spot right now. Uh, So he didn't lose any ground from last week. Uh, Still still up there in the leaderboard of the entire NFL. So love to see that. Um, And and the fact that he, you know, won defensive player the last week was huge as well. Um, or la- yeah, last week, two weeks ago, last, last week, week, man, for the Saints bye. game. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. yep. So, yeah, again, so, um, I think it, we can't undersell the, the performance out of TJ. Uh, that interception should go down as, as one of the best plays of the entire year. Uh, and when you think about what he's got in three games of playing so far, uh, a sack and a half, two interceptions, both of them being absolutely ridiculous. Lots of tackles for loss and tackles. Uh, TJ's putting together a nice season. He's just not going to have enough games played uh, to really have an impact enough to be getting Pro Bowl nominations or anything. Uh, but I think Alex Highsmith definitely should be getting some recognition uh, and some votes for the the, uh, the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, and Cam Hayward making a nice late push for himself as well. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun well, to see Cam Hayward get involved. Cornerbacks. Before before we leave the linebacker crew, I do want to shout out Marcus Allen. He made some really nice tackles on. Oh my gosh! Yes, thank you. I was. I, I had a 
had a few of them. I want to say at least two, if not three yeah. tackles on special teams this week. I, I can remember the two. So. I can remember two very clearly because he was very emphatic with the celebration after two of them. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> As he should have been. Um, <laughs> Boy likes to dance, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, the Let's go. Mm, let's go safeties first, then we'll go corners. Um, That's a good idea, man. Let's finish on a low note. I think they're both kind of <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, man. I'm I think just... it was more play from the safeties than it was from the corners this week. Uh, again, Joe Burrow basically just threw away from Minka Fitzpatrick, and, and not enough can be said about Minka being able to play eight days after an emergency appendectomy. Uh, that's just incredible. I don't know if he's part Wolverine or just all Wolverine, yeah. uh, but that's just incredible. Uh, Edmonds did get beat a couple of times in this game, uh, but it was, again, he got matched up one-on-one with T Higgins. Uh, Joe Burrow identified it pre-snap and then just zeroed in on it. Full well knowing that Higgins can beat a safety one-on-one, uh, nine times out of 10. Uh, so, uh, past that, I didn't see a lot out of KZ. I know you got a little bit of play. There were some three safety sets this week, uh, but not much of an impact out of KZ. No, not at all. Um, I'm right with you there. Minka had the you know, the one pass breakup. Actually, it was a decent. It was a good pass breakup. I can't lie. That was a good one. That was the one play that he got his arm right in between in that spot. Loved it. Yeah. Um. Other than that, the the Levi Wallace or excuse me, you're talking about Marcus Allen. You went back to that middle linebacker thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I there was something else I wanted to say about that that you just made me think of and I couldn't remember. Obviously. I'm bouncing around a little bit. Terrell Edmonds with that one bad play. I don't know. I just felt like the safeties didn't do. I don't want to say didn't do enough. But I don't know. I just but you do have to kind of feel like that, though, right? When a, when a running back gets three touchdowns receiving, you have to feel like your linebackers and safeties need to get there to get them out of bounds or get them to the ground. And they just weren't able to do it all three times. Yeah. They were never able to get there in time to get them to the ground. Uh, somebody's got to come through and blow them up. Minka had did. like one or good, one or two good tackles that I can recall, but it was like a matter of yeah. like, did it make a difference in the game kind of thing is what I'm yeah. processing. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, I just don't think it did. Um, yeah. Did you hold them short and force a, a punt or a field goal and yeah, or create a turnover? Uh, no, no, not enough of that in this game. So no, uh, cornerback room. We didn't see a whole lot of explosive plays out of these guys. Cameron Sutton didn't do anything explosive, made a couple good tackles in the open field, but after he had already allowed the catch to happen. So that's rough. Um, Arthur Mallette got bullied all game long, multiple times. We, we talked about the Levi Levi Wallace Wallace rule up and down. You know, yeah. he got he got a fantastic interception, but then he gave up some plays too. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest frustration coming from this game is in the cornerback room. Uh, and it's not necessarily because I think that these guys should have played better. Obviously, I, I wish that they would have played better. Uh, but to me, it was a very clear thing uh, that Joe Burrow was just picking on Arthur Mollett play after play after play. Uh, and you had James Pierre dressed for this game i don't know why they didn't make the adjustment and put pierre in in those situations and just kick cam sutton into the slot 
or why they didn't let Trey Norwood play a little bit of slot corner instead, being that he's a drastically better cover man in the nickel uh, than Arthur Mollett is. I just don't understand why there was never a substitution made there, even till the end of the game with getting Mollett out because he was just getting bullied, like you said. He was getting picked on, and he could not slow down or stop anyone in this game. Uh, probably his worst game on the season in in a game where T. Higgins goes for, what, like 140-some yards? Well, he did it all in the second and third quarters. He had no catches in the first or fourth. And a lot of that was against Arthur Mollett. And yeah. you just got to make some – once in a while, you have to be willing to say, hey – this guy's having a bad game, but I've got some other guys. Let's let them try. Yeah. Yeah. And again, James Pierre was only in on special teams. I didn't see him in there any, at any point. Yeah. Um, Why and, James, play? and James Pierre's made plays in the past. He he had the game he's sealer against Denver well last this year. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's played well this year, I've, th- I've thought. So, yeah. so I'm I don't know frustrated why don't do that. by that. And I, I hope that Arthur Mollett gets benched going into the next game, to be honest with you. Uh, I love his effort against the run. Uh, and maybe you continue using him as like a big nickel when it's third and short. You you let him play just in case they run because he is good against the run. But he's a casualty in passing downs. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, moving to special teams, Matthew Wright had a very good game, all things considered, of of taking an L. Uh, three for three on field goals. 42 is as long, which was very good. Um, and three for three on the extra points, scoring 12 points total out of the 30 we scored. So almost half of our points just came from Matthew Wright, um, Presley Harvin. I thought his kickoffs were good too. I didn't see they a bunch were. of short kicks this week. So, and, and uh, if you did, it was because of wind. If you did, it was because of the wind. Like we saw that from mm-hmm. the the Bengals as well. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, Presley Harvin six punts for forty five and a half average, two inside the twenty. Uh, the weird play that happened. I've never seen a flag called for uh, improper use of a fair catch. That was fun. I've seen it once. Have you? Okay, that was weird for yes. me, but it was funny. Yeah, when I when I saw it happen, I was like, "That's not legal." <laughs> yeah, definitely a <laughs> because flag. once it bounces, you can't call a fair catch anymore. It's not. No, I wish he would have got lit up because we could have gotten the ball had they, you know, had they reacted properly and quickly in that situation. I don't blame them for holding up, but if you know football, yeah. if you know that, like if you know that going into it, you can be like, "Oh, light him up as soon as that He's ball hits game. him." Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would have been an easy turnover, yeah. easiest turnover ever. Yeah, because two guys were there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then Steven Sims. Shout the re- out to Harvin too, real yes. quick before we move off of Presley Harvin. The first two punts were tremendous. He boomed his first two punts and really helped flip the field in a situation where the Steelers' offense had really stalled and not made any progress moving down the field. Uh, he kicked some really good distance and hang time kicks. Uh, so I thought this was a real nice performance out of Presley in comparison to previous games. Uh, that total average better up at that 45 and a half, uh, but a couple of nice long punts when they really needed them. Uh, so uh, step in the right direction there from Presley. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And then Steven Sims in the return game, seven kick returns for 154 yards. Not too bad, nothing too explosive. He had a few plays that could have bursted, but kind of didn't. Um, his long was 42. That was a decent run back. I think that was one of the ones he took back from the right near the end zone line or maybe like the five yard line. Um, And then two punt returns for 16 yards. Nothing crazy there. Had the one muffed that he muffed early in the game. That was almost dangerous. He managed to, I, I, if he, I feel like that would have been a touchback had he stayed in the end zone. He never had possession of it. Correct. 
Okay. No, I I think if he doesn't get that out of the end zone, that's a safety. Okay, so the good play on him to get that back out um, could have been disastrous right there at the beginning of the game. So proud of him for that. Uh, injuries on the game: Miles Boykin, oblique injury. I uh, did not return. Correct. Did not return. No. Um, and you could tell, honestly, the uh, the other gunner, Gunner Olszewski, is a gunner nowhere near. <laughs> no, nowhere near. Jalen Warren, we already talked about with the hamstring injury, didn't return. And then Mason Cole also uh, with a foot injury, a mid-foot sprain is what they're calling it, did not return. Um, James, just wanted to let you know I love you. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. Uh, real quick, uh, Mason the- Cole's been seen in the boot. He's been seen in a walking boot in uh, uh, since the game, so that's a bad sign for his health. Uh, but I did think that J.C. Hassenauer played pretty well in his his substitution. He might be the best backup offensive lineman on the team. So if you're going to lose somebody, that might be the guy. Uh, maybe you'll let him rest for a couple of weeks and try to get him back up to full strength. Yeah. Um, the only thing I have to add before we end the show is um, Ooh, draft picks. Well, yeah, update them on that. Well, real quick, the Levi Wallace interception. My friend came up with a great term for good interceptions nowadays and the TJ Watt one. We go bloop. Pick, pick it off, bloop. Like pick it, it off, bloop, bloop. You know, you know I like it. Uh, us versus Joe Burrow this year. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> seven, seven bloops. I like it. Seven bloops was it six? I, like it. I think it was six. Did I do seven? Uh, I might have done seven. Five I did seven in the first game. I did seven. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about with, those draft picks. With the Chicago Bears losing once again, they're really helping us out. Uh, they are now slated to have the number three overall pick in the draft, uh, which would put that draft pick at 34, which is tremendous. Uh, so that would be awesome. That's dang near a first round pick at that point. Uh, the Steelers are now sitting in the eighth position. Uh, so they would have the eighth pick, the 34th pick, and then the 39th pick if the draft were tomorrow. Dang. Uh, so. Good stuff. Obviously, things can still change. Uh, the Bears' offense is starting to really uh, put some yards and some points up. So I can't imagine they're going to continue losing every single week. I feel like they're going to turn it around soon. Yeah. Uh, and I do feel like Pittsburgh's probably going to win more games in the second half of the season than they did in the first half. Yeah, we, de- uh, so I think we definitely they're probably should. Screw it up a little bit. Yeah, we definitely but- should. So again, we thank you guys so much for uh, you know listening or watching, however you guys are getting it. Uh, the thing, if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, make sure you go do that. It helps us out a little bit. makes our uh, page pop up a little bit more often when you look Steelers things up. So again, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Be sure to follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. Gosh darn it. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.